Hello and welcome to Design Break Podcast, a podcasting experience designed to help you break into the creative world, grow your career, and push your potential as a creative professional. I'm your host, Rocky Rourke, and I'm here to help you accomplish all of that. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Design Break Podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Rourke, and in today's episode, we are continuing our new mini-series on pricing models for freelancers and small design agencies. In the first episode, we discussed hourly-based pricing and its benefits and drawbacks. And if you guys haven't, please go back and listen to that episode. I believe it probably was uh, released about a week or two ago, but definitely go check it out. In today's episode, we are diving into project-based pricing. Now, this is one of the most popular pricing models for freelancers, mostly because it can be very challenging to kind of determine how much you should charge for your services and project-based pricing can be an effective way to balance your time, effort, and costs. However, there are pros and cons to this pricing model and it's essential to understand how it works to optimize your revenue and profitability as a freelancer. So, Today's episode, we're going to dive into these pros and cons for this pricing model, provide some tips and tricks on improving it, and explore different approaches you can take to project-based pricing. So whether you're a seasoned freelancer or just starting out, especially you students out there, there's something for everyone in this episode. So without further ado, let's jump in. So to start us off, I kind of want to go back and talk about my own personal experiences. Back in 2016, when I first made my jump to working for myself full-time, I utilized two main pricing models for my work. I utilized retainers and project-based pricing, the latter being my primary model I used for the first four years of working for myself. Now, I saw a lot of benefits in this model with the primary benefit being that I received a lump sum of money at the start of the project and once more at the end of the project. A great example of this would be if I had a $10,000 project and I would get paid $5,000 up front and $5,000 upon completion. And so that was really nice to see that large amount come in at the beginning of the project and at the end of it. So it was it just felt really good. At the time, I, I really hated tracking my time. For me, and this is something that I still struggle with to this day, I always have a bad habit of leaving timers going. One time I had a timer that was going for uh, three weeks straight. That was really crazy when I saw that huge number of hours listed on that timer. But you can kind of get how, especially for me, I have uh, undiagnosed ADHD. And so I struggle with that a lot. To this day, I have reminders whenever I start a project or start uh, working on a project to hit that timer to get things going so I know how much time I'm accurately spending on a project. But back then, because of the fact that I hated tracking my time, project-based pricing just seemed like the way to go for me. You know, I could sit down and figure out a flat rate fee for a project. Whenever a client would come to me with a specific uh, project they were looking for, or service they were looking for, I could give them a definitive answer really quickly, and I would have an ability to kind of see like what money was coming in. I would know, okay, at the end of this project, I know that I'm going to get $5,000 for it. At the beginning of this project, I'm going to get probably 
another $5,000. So I was able to kind of pick, uh, not pick and choose, but I was able to see how much money was coming in and I was able to have definitive answers to how much was coming in versus with hourly pricing, you don't really see that. Now the problem lies in the fact that I went years without evaluating my pricing model. So what I would do is I would sit there and I would come up with, okay, a branding project costs X amount. An illustration project with X number of illustrations costs Y. And so I was able to go through and do all this, but the big problem was I didn't evaluate the projects. I didn't see how much actual time I was spending on it. Yes, I would increase my rates over time. I would increase 10, 20% at a time every six to 12 months. But the problem was is I wasn't looking at how much time I would spend on a given project. This caused me to slowly realize that not all projects, not all clients were made equal. You know, having that flat rate for a specific project didn't work unless I adapted it to the specific circumstance and productized them a bit. More on that a little bit later. But I realized that I was missing out on a lot of opportunity. And this honestly took me four years. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that it took me four years to really figure this out. Ultimately, this would cause me to transition uh, to utilizing more of an hourly based pricing and retainer based pricing models instead of using straight project based pricing. However, that doesn't mean I've abandoned project-based pricing completely. Instead, I changed my uh, system with these specific types of projects to a productized service which I'll go more into detail later on uh, when we're talking about ways of uh, adapting the project-based pricing to your business, to your freelancing style. So let's actually quickly talk about the pros and cons of project-based pricing. There are quite a few pros and there are quite a few cons. So let's start with the good stuff. Let's start with the pros. So the first pro is clear expectations. With project-based pricing, both you and your client have a clear understanding of what will be delivered, when it will be delivered, and how much it's going to cost. You know, this can help prevent a lot of misunderstandings and conflicts down the line. It's something that I feel is a huge benefit for project-based pricing. The flip side to that is you can get into some issues, but let's save that for the con section. Um, the second one, the second pro is predictable income. And I kind of you know alluded to this in my own story. You know, with project-based pricing, you can provide more predictable income, more predictable income analysis for your freelancing business, as you know exactly how much you will get paid for a project up front and how much you're gonna be getting paid for that project at the end. This can really help you with budgeting and financial planning overall. The third pro is flexibility. Now, I also talked about flexibility with hourly-based pricing. With project-based pricing, you can basically adjust your, your pricing model on the scope of the project and the client's budget. You can kind of go through and structure your payments in a way that works best for both parties. There's a lot of different pieces of flexibility there when it comes to this model. And the big thing is, is that you want to be flexible with this. The biggest difference here is with hourly based pricing is for the most part, you have a set hourly rate. You have a set hourly rate that you share with your clients 
if you go through and you do specific uh, number of hours, you share, uh, you charge that specific amount to them. But with project-based, if let's say that there's a project that you really want to work on and that's really exciting, it's a lot easier for you to lower that flat rate for that project for the client, especially if they have low budget or if they uh, just don't have any budget at all. It's a lot easier for you to kind of go through and be flexible. So the final pro Number four is client satisfaction. Now, this is something that's really big. You want to keep your clients happy. You want them to keep coming back to you for more. You want them to share their experiences with others and hopefully their good experiences. So having project-based pricing allows for an increase in client satisfaction to a specific extent. Uh, it's able to uh, allow them to see what they're getting you know, they have all those clear expectations that we talked about in the first bro. Um, they're able to get an idea of what a project's going to cost in the near future. So they, they're more, uh, they're more likely to hire you because they know exactly what's uh, going to happen. They know exactly how you're going to work. They know exactly how much you're going to charge with an extent, etc. So there's a lot of big things with client satisfaction when it comes to project-based pricing. All right, so now let's jump into the cons, the negatives, the bad things about project-based pricing. And the first one, this kind of is what I was talking about where it goes against the clear expectations part, difficulty in estimating true project costs. You know, it can be very challenging to estimate the project cost uh, for your clients, especially for larger and more complex projects. But the bigger thing is, in estimating true project costs for yourself and for your business. Because the one thing that you have to remember is that with a project-based pricing model, you are charging X to the client, right? The issue is that with X, you don't know how long this project is actually going to go. You don't know how many revisions they're going to have, how long it's going to take them to get you feedback, how long their stakeholders are going to take to get you feedback, etc. There's a lot of variables that you don't know, and so you can't accurately price out the project. And so this kind of goes back to what I was saying about you know my own situation, where I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I would have, let's say, client A, the project would take 10 hours or 20 hours, let's say 20 hours, and we would get through and everything like that. And if I broke it down, it would come out to an hourly rate of $100 an hour, right? And this is just an example. But, but client B, when we go through and do the exact same project, it took them 40 hours, so you can see a big different a big difference in between making $100 on project A per hour to making $50 on project B. So it's like it really can be something that that can be detrimental and so you want to make sure that you are covering yourself in those elements. And the next con for this actually contributes to this and that is scope creep. Now, for those of you who are not, uh, who haven't been in the, the weeds for very long, have been in the trenches of freelancing, scope creep refers to the tendency for a project to expand beyond its original scope, resulting in additional work and potential additional costs, depending on how you're doing your pricing model, for the client. And so this is something that you will see time in and time again. 
uh, when it comes to working with clients, working as a freelancer, scope creep happens on almost every single project. Now, when I say scope creep, I'm not meaning that the client is being nefarious and they're trying to get free work from you. That can happen. Hopefully, it doesn't happen to you, but it's something to just keep in mind. But with scope creep, we want to make sure that we cover ourselves. With hourly-based pricing, scope creep isn't as bad. But with project-based pricing, it is a very detrimental uh, thing to have with the project because scope creep can then take your $100 an hour for that project and take it down to 50 or 20 or even $5 an hour. I had a project where when I went back and broke down the uh, amount of hours and time and uh, just like amount of burnout that I experienced with the project, it came out to being $5 an hour for that project. That is horrible. You do not want that to happen. And again, just like following the, the same thing, the third con is risk of burnout. Project-based pricing can be more demanding than other pricing models, as you need to ensure that you deliver high-quality work within a specific time frame. And again, time frame doesn't just mean on your side, it can also mean on the client side. A project that normally would take you two weeks could take you two months, and you have to wait for a long time to end up getting paid for that. This can easily lead to stress and burnout if you're not careful. I have experienced this many times in the past. I've experienced it not just doing a, doing freelance, but also working in jobs and even working with hourly-based pricing as well. But with project-based, risk of burnout, risk of stress, risk of uh, anxiety, and even anger is very high because of the fact that when you find yourselves in those situations where a two-week project is turning into a two-month project, the amount of time between getting paid that deposit and getting paid that final payment is a long, long time. So definitely try and reduce that if you can. And we'll kind of go into that a little bit into different approaches to project-based pricing. And the final con is limited scalability. And so with limited scalability, there's a lot of different things in here, but with project-based pricing, you know, it's a lot harder to scale your business overall than other pricing models, such as, you know, hourly-based pricing, you know, you can increase the amount of money that you charge uh, per hour. That's one of the easiest way to scale up when it comes to hourly-based pricing. But with project-based pricing, your income is directly tied to the number of projects that you take on in a given period of time. This can really limit your ability to grow your business and it's it can be rough. It can definitely be rough. For me, when I was doing project-based pricing from 2016 on to 2020 when I finally made the switch, I was basically having the same income or the same revenue come in every single year. I would try so many different things. I would take on more projects. And for some reason, every single time, it still came out to the same amount of money every single time. And so it was really frustrating for me. And so once I made that switch or once I started focusing on, okay, how much time am I actually putting into these projects? How much, what kind of like safeguards am I putting in to prevent scope creep or burnout or, you know, in estimating, you know, these true costs of this project. Once I started doing that, 
things got better and I ended up doubling my income in 2020 versus the previous, the last three or three or four years before that. So it's something to definitely, definitely keep uh, in consideration is the limited scalability. Okay, so let's jump into the final like segment of this episode, and that is the different approaches to project-based pricing. So number one here is fixed fees. So this is the most common. This is like when you think of project-based pricing, this is what you are thinking about. You are thinking about fixed fee projects. Most freelancers, you know, this is what they do uh, when they jump into freelancing. They either go for a flat hourly rate or they go into a fixed fee system for pricing out their projects. And again, this is regardless of how long it actually takes, it can be detrimental. But the ways that we can improve this and we can make it better is uh, this next approach, which is cost plus multiplier. This is an approach that I started doing probably about uh, 2018, 2019, is that I would add multipliers to my fixed, uh, my project-based fees. And this is something that you don't have to necessarily show to a client. This is something that you do while you're pricing it out. But the approach involves charging the client for the actual cost of the project plus an additional fee that covers your time and profit margin. And you can also include other little multipliers here. I kind of got this idea from Dungeons and Dragons uh, with multipliers added onto action items. I'm a complete nerd, I'm sorry. But basically what you do is you have the project cost, let's say a branding project costs $5,000, right? Um, then you have the additional uh, additional multipliers. So for instance, let's say that you worked with this client in the past, you know that uh, the project is probably gonna take an extra 50% of time or it's going to just double in the amount of time that's going to take. You can add a multiplier for that. You can add like a 20% multiplier. So you just add another 20%, so $1,000 onto onto that project. Then you have uh, another multiplier where you know that you'll need to increase your profit margins a bit uh, with this because there probably will be some unforeseen uh, elements come up. So you'll want to add in maybe like another 10% multiplier. And so this is a great way of just like fudging with your uh, fixed fee costs for projects. Um, the only thing is, is that it can get a little messy um, and it can get a little weird as well. Uh, I know some people who have adopted this method. They also include a, uh, I'm not going to use the term they use, but a jerk fee. Um, if a client is not always the most friendly or they're very pushy, they'll add in a, a jerk uh, modifier or multiplier for that so that they can cover that and you know be fairly compensated for their work. So yeah, I <laughs> I have not done that personally myself, uh, but I've had a lot of uh, freelance friends who have done it, and I've even heard of some agencies that do it as well. So the, the next approach, and this is one that really helps with uh, the time in between. When I say the time in between, I mean the time in between that deposit and that final payment, and that is milestones. You know, with this approach, you know, the freelancer sets up specific milestones or deliverables throughout the project and charges a fee for each completed milestone. Now, this is something that's very, very popular, especially with agency models um, when they do their productized services or project-based um, pricing is that they like to do milestones. So what happens is you 
uh, have the the first fifty percent uh, upfront. That's the deposit. That's non-refundable. That's what your what the client has to pay to start the project. And then they split up each milestone along the way. Let's take branding, um, just because I I have that at the top of my mind right now. Um, they have discovery. They have exploration, refinement, and finalization. So they what they do is they take those different milestones and they add in a uh, an invoice to each one. And so you have your 50% that you paid up front. After discovery, you pay 10% of what's of um, of the total invoice. Then after exploration, you pay 20%, then 10%, then 10%. And so what happens is you get that large lump sum at the beginning, and then you have smaller paychecks basically that are coming in along the way to the point where the final payment is only about 10% or some small amount compared to the first payment. Now, this really helps out in long engagements. You know, I've had branding projects that can last six to nine months. And so if I were to do this at a project-based pricing method, I would definitely do milestones in that so that way I could get paid a lot more throughout the project and not have to wait for that big payday at the end. So definitely think about this, allowing yourself to cut this up, you know, this time, you know, you're able to get paid a lot more frequently, but also you allow your client to spread the amount of money they're spending. So that way they're not spending two giant lump lump sums. They're also able to spend, uh, pay or yeah, spend money more uh, effectively. And so the final approach, and this is the big one. This is the one that I've been wanting to talk about in this episode is productized servicing. And so this is definitely a project-based pricing model. It's something that was very confusing for me. I would hear this, this was a huge buzzword um, between 2018 and even today. You hear a lot about productized services and servicing. And so for years, I did not understand how I could go about doing this or what it fully meant. And so what I understand this to be and the way that I look at productized services is that it is a way to take a um, reoccurring project that clients come to you for, let's say logo design, still staying on the branding train, and we break it down into fixed set hours and milestones. Basically, you have the entire project scoped out and you follow that scope to the letter. So instead of a client coming to you and you changing the way that you're working based on what they need, you follow the specific rigid steps or deliverables for the project. And you basically what you're doing is you're limiting what the client is able to do um, and you almost eliminate scope creep altogether. And so the one thing with this model is that you need to make sure that you stick to your guns and you don't break from it or if you think you might break from it, include safety nets along the way. So here's a quick little example uh, project. We'll take that logo design project as an example. And so let's say I charge $2,000 for a logo design. Now, what that entails is that entails one round of sketches, one round of design, one round of revision, only one round of revision, and then you package up and ship the project. And so what we're trying to do with this productized service is 
We're trying to get it to where we are not spending so much time on revisions. We instead are focused, laser focused on what we're trying to do with this project. So in the sketch phase, that one round of sketches, you know, before we do that, client's going to fill out a branding questionnaire. They're going to give us exactly what they're looking for. And then we're going to create, you know, just uh, probably like a page full of sketches. And the goal here is the client has to pick one sketch to move forward. So they're picking one sketch to move forward. So let's say with this first round, we spent two hours, two or three hours, you know, just sketching up some ideas, right? Then we take that and we move it into the design phase where we take that one approach that the client uh, selected and approved and we design the one logo, the single logo, one way, maybe include a logo type if we want to, <laughs> uh, but we do it one single design. And then we share that design with the client. The client might have some tweaks that they want. They might want to change up the color or they might want to increase the size of the eye or uh, add a flag to it or something like that. We then go in and we add that revision and we share it with the client for final approval. Now, this is where safety nets and safety nets can be put in place for each one of these. If for some reason, after round one design, the client says they don't like it and they wanna go back to the drawing board and come up with a new uh, idea. What I have done in the past, and it's something that clients aren't always happy about, but they understand is, I will then have them repay for the entire new project. And so the lower these projects are, like $2,000 was a good example. Um, sometimes I'll do these for like $1,000, uh, so it's pretty cheap. And so that way, if like we have to go back to the drawing board, it's gonna cost them just an extra $1,000 instead of you know an extra two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 for this. But this allows us to be very rigid and the client knows this ahead of time. That's one thing that you have to do is you have to explain to them the process. You have to explain to them like, listen, round one sketch, we have to nail the idea. If for some reason that we have to go in and we have to redo the sketch or sketches, like do another round of sketches, then we need to increase, uh, we need to charge, I need to charge for an extra, you know, 25 to 50% for the project. You know, because the goal is that we need to get this done as quickly and effect efficiently as possible. And I've had pushback from clients with this, and I know a lot of other designers out there who follow this similar approach. Uh, you know, and you can bend a little bit here. You know, sometimes I will do one and a half rounds of sketches, you know, because you might have something where the client's like, you know, I kind of like this sketch and that sketch. Can we morph them together? I will do another sketch for that. That's fine because we still have, these are part of the same concept. But if a client asks for a whole new round of sketches, that's where the issue comes in. But then we move into design, we revisions and everything like that. And as long as we're not going back to the drawing board, if there is some small little tweak or something like that, I'll bend and I'll make that tweak. That's fine. But the important thing is, is with a productized service, is that this is something that you know exactly how much time is going to be spent on it. You know exactly how much effort, mental creative effort you're going to put into it. And you know exactly what the client expects of this. 
You know, so with productized services, I utilize these as small one-off projects. These are not something that the client's going to be like, okay, I want this productized service plus that productized service plus this plus that plus this plus that plus this plus that. Blah. Like it, it can be it gets so intense and so insane if you go and do that with this. In that type of situation, you want a full-fledged project. And in that situation, I would be charging hourly for it, not a project-based service. So I utilize uh, in my work project-based pricing as for small one-off projects, especially if a client doesn't have a huge budget. You know, I make sure to explain to them the fact that these services, these productized services are meant to give you something that you can utilize and use and that you're happy with but it also, you know, I can only spend this much amount of time and effort into it so that I'm still profitable at the end of the day. So I know that was a long-winded uh, explanation. I think I probably just took like 10 to 15 minutes just to explain it. But, you know, hopefully that makes sense. And if you have any questions about any of these approaches or anything that I talk about in this episode, please feel free to reach out to me over DM on Twitter or on LinkedIn. I'm always open to answering questions, to discussing things, and hearing everybody's thoughts and feedback. So in conclusion, let's bring all of this to a head. In conclusion, project-based pricing can be a very effective way for freelancers to charge for their work. However, it's important to regularly evaluate your pricing models and adapt them as needed to ensure profitability and client satisfaction. You know, these different pricing models, you know, such as with the different pricing approaches for this specific model, you know, such as fixed fee pricing, you know, cost multipliers, uh, milestones, productized services, and all that can be used depending on your freelance business uh, goals you know, the type of work that you're producing and specifically the relationship with the client. And so let me leave you with a couple of, uh, with a few different like suggested paths for you uh, to move forward with this. Um, the first one, you know, is evaluate your current pricing models and determine if project-based pricing or hourly base from the previous episode, you know, is the right approach for you. Um, number two, you know, consider adapting uh, project-based pricing models to productize services, you know, to provide more value to the client, but also provide more value and profit to yourselves. And then finally, you know, research other pricing models. You know, I'm only talking about uh, two so far, you know, hourly-based and project-based, you know, but there's also retainer-based pricing, which is the next episode. Um, there's also value-based pricing. There's you know, so many different models in which you can base your pricing for your projects, uh, for your clients and everything like that. You know, find what's suitable for you and your business. I can only tell you what has worked for me and there's probably gonna be a lot of different things that work uh, for you. Basically, like, be open to it and just see what works. All right, so that is it for this episode. You know, join us in the next episode of Design Break Podcast where we will be discussing retainer and subscription-based pricing models for freelancers and small design agencies. We'll explore the benefits and drawbacks of these models, provide tips, similar to what we did in this episode. And if you missed the last episode on hourly-based pricing, be sure to check out that episode, the first episode in this mini-series. 
where we discuss where we discussed hourly based pricing uh, and how it can impact your your business. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And again, thank you so much for jumping in here for list to listening to this episode and everything. I really appreciate it. I'm trying to to ramp up, you know, production of of episodes and everything like that before uh, our baby, our first, you know, child arrives and everything like that. So hopefully, you know, more episodes will be coming uh, your way. And I just hope that you guys have a great rest of your day. Always remember to stay passionate, stay positive, and stay creative. Thank you guys so much. Bye. First off, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to sharing more of these podcast episodes with you in the near future. This podcast was written and directed by me, Rocky Rourke, with special thanks to our brand new podcast editor, Deanna Chapman, for all of her help on this episode and on future episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast or check out some of the previous write-ups and episodes that we put out, you can definitely check us out at bluecyclops.co, that's B-L-U-E-C-Y-C-L-O-P-S dot co forward slash podcast. And please remember to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you get your podcasting fix, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is, please hit that subscribe button. I look forward to sharing more of these podcasts with all of you in the near future. And if you ever have any questions about today's episode, past episodes, future episodes, or if you would like to give any ideas for what you would like to hear us talk about, please send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter at Rocky Rourke, R-O-A-R-K. All right, that's it for me, everybody. Hope you guys have a great day. And as I've said before, always remember to stay passionate, stay positive, and stay creative. All right, that's it. Bye, everybody.